Indeed, thank you. I had nothing quite like a rousing piece on the organ to lift our spirits and begin our week together. Uh, welcome to Beargrass for our 11 o'clock worship service this morning. As always, it's a joy to gather uh, together as one church family. Uh, if you're new to Beargrass, welcome to our church. Uh, there's a blue card in the seat pocket right in front of you that says new here on it. And that lets you know a little bit more uh, about who we are as a church family and also what to expect throughout the worship service this morning so you can feel at home during our time together. Uh, and if everybody would take a moment to fill out that yellow connection card in that same seat pocket right in front of you, uh, that lets us know that you're here this morning. And if there are ways we can help pray or support you, uh, you can list the joys or concerns to share with our ministers or our community on the back of that card. Uh, and check more uh, for more information on any of our ministries or programs, just check one of those boxes and one of our staff or volunteers will reach out to you this week. Uh, we'll receive those connection cards and the offering plates later in our worship service. And several things going on in the life of our community to share with you all this coming Saturday during the farmer's market. Uh, we are going to be hosting a blood drive here at Beargrass. Um, so it's open to uh, the community uh, and, of course, to all those at Beargrass. There's a, an imminent supply shortage of blood uh, in our state right now. And all of the blood donated on Saturday will stay right here in Kentucky and help those in need around our state. So please consider uh, signing up for that important way to give back. You can see Jan Schrader for more information or check the e-news this week as well. And in two weeks, we're going to begin a series with Dr. Susan Lowe and our endowment team who bring a series called Ultimate Matters. And this is a, a series of three weeks of classes and programs designed on Sunday evenings uh, to help us think about the end of life, both in a, a faith and a theological perspective, um, but also uh, the, the practical realities of what, what and how we leave uh, our loved ones behind. And so lots of uh, great information and thoughtful conversation in those classes. And again, see the e-news for more information. And also, uh, with all the, the heavy news going on in the world around us, there's a number of ways that Beargrass is, is responding to crises like uh, the hurricane uh, in our own country this morning uh, or the earthquake that happened in Haiti a few weeks ago. Uh, we have a special fund set up uh, to send money to Week of Compassion to support those important relief efforts. Um, and we're also, uh, through Mike Puckett and our outreach team, thinking about ways that we can be supportive of the humanitarian crisis going on in Afghanistan as so many uh, refugees are, are of course leaving that country many of whom coming to settle here um, so Beargrass as many of you know has been really involved with refugee uh, resettlement and ministry for a number of years uh, many of the families that we have sponsored are actually Afghan families um, whose uh, families have been surviving living through this crisis over there right now um, so we anticipate a, a very large influx of uh, refugees from Afghanistan to come right here to Louisville and we are looking for ways that we can respond as one church family. Um, so check the newsletter and e-news uh, that's going out this week for more information but uh, right away uh, I can tell you we're going to be looking to, to create some welcome teams to meet people at the airport to welcome them and, and supply basic uh, food and ne needed resources when they get here. Um, so we're really hoping this will be uh, not just the effort of uh, a few people who have done this work before, but really a church-wide effort as we respond um, to what's happening in our world today. So please uh, prayerfully consider ways that you can support um, that important effort um, and learn more about that in the coming days. But I believe that's all the announcements we have now for this morning. So let us uh, stand, uh, rise in body or spirit as you are able as we sing our opening hymn together.
You may be seated unless you're a child coming forward for children's moment. Come on down, my friends. You want me to just meet you on this side? Here, we'll just go right here. I won't make you walk all the way across the church there. How you doing? Are you having a good morning? I am too. Hey, so I have a question for you. Did you have a, a fun summer? Yeah, the weather's been nice and warm, and we've been able to do all kinds of fun things. One of my favorite things to do during the summer is go swimming. Have you been able to go swimming this summer? Did you go swimming? You have? Did you, did you go like in a swimming pool somewhere? Yeah, I got to do that too, and, and I really enjoy it. Now, the funny thing is, I'm, you may not have noticed, I'm really tall, aren't I? Like, I'm, I'm over six feet tall. So most swimming pools that I get in, I can touch the bottom, right? And so when you can touch the bottom, have you been in a really small pool where you can touch the bottom? It's very relaxing, right? No big deal. Well, what happens when you get into a pool where it's so deep you can't touch the bottom? Have you done that before? What's that like? You might. You might drown, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary. So for me, like if I go swimming in a lake or something, have you ever done that? Like a really deep lake? Um, then you can't touch the bottom. You have to like, what do you do to stay up above the water? You have to like kick your feet, right? And, and, flip, and move your hands. And the whole time, what are you thinking in your head? You've kind of already said it. You've said, oh my goodness, help me keep my head above water. I don't want to drown, right? It can be a little, yeah, well, it's hard to float sometimes. So you do need floats. So I brought this. What is this? Yeah, it's a head bopper. No, it's not a head bopper. I'm just kidding. It's a, it's, we call, it's a pool noodle, isn't it, right? You're okay. You know I was just kidding, right? Okay, good. So you, you take it, and even this is a little skinny pool noodle, but even a big old guy like me, if I'm in the water and I hang on to this, I can kind of stay up. I can float, right? Have you ever worn, sometimes you might wear like a life jacket. Have you ever worn one of those? That'll really keep you above water. And when my kids were, were your, your age, they wore these like water wings. You ever have those little floaties that go in your arms? You have those? Yeah. And they're really incredible, right? Such a small thing, but it'll keep you above water. It's really cool. Well, what's it like when you are in the water and you have your, your float, right? Or your life jacket or your water wings? What's going through your mind then? Are you still going, oh my gosh, I don't want to drown? Yeah, you'll feel like you're floating. Suddenly you relax and you start to look around and you see other things and it becomes more fun because you know, once you learn to trust that, you know, my floats got me, right? My life jackets got me. My floaties, my water wings, they've got me. I'm not gonna drown and you feel safe and secure in that. Well, today we're gonna hear in, in worship, Pastor Trey's gonna talk about a time when Jesus walked on the water like crazy I've, I can't do that but he one of the disciples Peter said I want to walk on the water too and so Jesus said okay try it and how, what do you think happened to Peter when he stepped out on the water did he run across the water or did he he nope he what do you think happened if he tried to walk on the water bloop, 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 bloop. he didn't drown but he started to sink right and he screamed out Jesus save me and he reached out his hand and Jesus took his hand and lifted him up out of the water. And so he, he, Jesus had him, he made him safe. As we go through our lives, there's gonna be times when it feels like we might be drowning, when things get stressful or scary. But if we can remember that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter what's happening in the world around us, God always has us. Kinda of like our floaty, right? No matter what we're going through, God's got us and is gonna keep us safe keep us from from drowning and that's something i think we can give thanks for every day so can you pray with me god we're so grateful that no matter what we experience we know you've got us and so uh, reassure us when we need it we pray um, and may our lives always be those that that reflect um, that truth our, our trust in your ability to sustain and save in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, amen. And I see Reverend Mr. Stephen right over here, so have fun in Children's Church, and we'll see you later.
you as we enter into our time of prayer that uh, the yellow connection cards in the pew pocket are a wonderful way to share with us any prayer concerns or celebrations that are going on in your life. It's a great way to help us to know how to best pray for and with you. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious God, it is good and right to give you thanks and praise today. And every day, every opportunity we have to gather with one another uh, is a blessing. And so for today, oh God, we give you thanks. For the strength we draw from this fellowship, God, we give you thanks. And for your presence in each smile, in each uh, listening ear, in each warm handshake, um, may we never take that for granted. But God, in the midst of our gratitude, we acknowledge that there is a lot going on in the world right now that that is weighing us down. As we watch the images coming out of the Middle East, uh, we can't help but feel a a mingled sense of fear and and regret and and responsibility and anger uh, for what's happening in Afghanistan. And, oh, God, we we lift these emotions, uh, these thoughts, these feelings uh, to you. Guide us as that inner uh, sense awakens within us where we want to do something. Would you stir us to action in productive and meaningful ways that we might be generous with our gifts, um, patient with our our understanding as as the story unfolds, um, and loving in our response to our neighbors, your children, who are fleeing that place and some of them coming here So we give you thanks for those who are working and helping and serving for uh, soldiers and volunteers and diplomats and and, and average folks like us who who over the next weeks and months and years will do what we can uh, to show love and grace. We thank you for these opportunities, oh God. As we look around our world and and we know that uh, disasters are happening all over the place, for the continued efforts in Haiti, oh God, we, we lift up grace and strength. And for residents along the Gulf Coast who are being battered even as we speak uh, with a hurricane, we pray for safety and for blessings and for provision. Again, God, stir us to action that we may respond in love. Be among us, oh God. Be among our leaders and our, uh, our, our neighbors as we continue to wrestle with uh, another COVID surge. As we see numbers that are worse than, than they've ever been, uh, it's impossible to, uh, to escape a feeling uh, not only of, of fear, but maybe also even fatigue, oh God. And so reassure us of what we need to do. May we recommit ourselves and our hearts to doing the things we know that will help. May we humble ourselves and redouble our efforts and our commitment to love you and to love our neighbor with all that we say and with all that we are. God, forgive us for those moments and those parts of our lives where we fall short of this goal and this command. and walk with us 
in all of the ways that your spirit calls us to go. God, we ask that you hear us as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, and it reads, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. 
When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat was battered by the waves uh, and was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when, notice, when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And this is the word of the God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh God, indeed are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This past week, Marilyn and Will were out of town for a couple of nights, and so Bailey and I had a little daddy-daughter date night together. I took her downtown to the Louisville uh, Water Festival, uh, the Land Louisville Water Lantern Festival, I should say. I don't know if any of you have heard of that or, or been there, but we stumbled upon it. And Bailey was really excited because one of her very favorite Disney characters is Rapunzel. And in the movie Tangled, there are all these beautiful lanterns that light up the night. And so Bailey imagined getting to have a lantern like Rapunzel did, and so she called this the Tangled Party that we were going to. And I took her downtown, and there uh, she, in full Disney princess costume, what seemed like the entire crowd of hundreds, if not maybe a thousand people, were staring at my daughter, who I'm a little biased, but, you know, everybody else seemed to think she was pretty cute, I guess. And she was there in front of the crowds twirling and dancing and getting all the attention she could muster and just loving it. And at this water lantern festival, everybody makes your own water lantern to, to place in the Ohio River and watch them all light up only with a three-year-old as my date. We had about the earliest bedtime of anybody there. So long before... Anybody else went to put their lantern in. It was about time for Bailey and I to head home. And so I, I brought her up uh, to the water. And there was a, a little line there that separated the pier from the water. It was an almost invisible drop-off space. So I was a little nervous as Bailey started to, to come up to this space. But I was watching her very closely. And then all of a sudden she went into full princess mode again. And as everybody was watching us from this crowd be the first people to place our lanterns, Bailey started doing twirls and spins and posing for pictures for nobody who had their camera out. And it was really cute, but I was starting to get a little nervous. I was like, all right, Bailey, that's really sweet, but let's just step back a little bit from the edge there. And I started to to pull her back a little bit, and she started to spin a little bit more. And I said, all right, Bailey, really. And as soon as I tried to pick her up, my slippery flip-flops in that moment hit a patch of algae, and I fall head down into the Ohio River with an entire crowd of people <laughs> watching me, having the same reaction that you all are now. Is it okay to laugh, or is this the most awkward thing we've ever seen? And I was clinging to the pier, staring up at my three-year-old, smiling down on me. And she says, Daddy, you fell in the river. And I said, I know everyone here knows that. 
And I climbed my way out and soaking in nasty, filthy water of the Ohio River. If you have not swam in it before, do not. This is your official warning. Do not swim in the Ohio River. At least the downtown portion of it. And then, smelling like a weird mix of fish and and garbage, I get up with no towel, not expecting to be wet that night, and drive home in our car that still kind of smells like fish and garbage. And I tell you this story for a few different reasons. One, Bailey has been going everywhere ever since, from our dog to her preschool teacher to Miss Doty, telling everybody she can find, guess what, Daddy fell in the river! So I just wanted you to hear it from me first in case she got to you after the worship service to tell you. It is a true story. Reason number two, if any of you were there at the Lantern Festival and you thought to yourself, you know, I think that person in the water down there looks an awful lot like my new preacher. I'm confirming you were right and I'm now personally offering to give a donation to Beargrass Christian Church in your honor if you will pull out your phone and delete any photos that you might have taken that night. And reason number three, I tell you that because I discovered in that moment what I already kind of assumed, that I, like Peter in this story, could not, in fact, walk on water. Every preacher needs a good dose of humility from once in a while. And as I think about this morning's scripture of Jesus' remarkable ability to walk on the water and my remarkable inability to do the same, I'll admit, I have a little bit more compassion for Peter in the scripture as Peter sinks down into the water trying to follow Jesus. Jesus walking on water is a story that three of the Gospels tell us about. It makes it a relatively important story. It's, of course, a well-known one that people even outside of church know quite well. You might remember that it's the sequel to the story we talked about a few weeks ago, the story where Jesus feeds the multitudes, miraculously multiplies the loaves and the fish for all the crowds who are gathered there. This is the very next thing that happens. Jesus leaves And he goes up to pray by himself, and then he finds the disciples have left him. They're all in this boat together, and so Jesus kind of realizes he's missing the party. And from the shore, he decides to just, I'm not going to reenact it right now, walk out into the water and join them. Now, even though this is on the heels of another great miracle story of the the multitudes, Matthew's version of the story is the only one of the three ways that it's told in the Bible where the disciples see Jesus walking on water and Peter cries out to Jesus. All the other disciples are afraid. It's kind of a ghost story in the way that Matthew tells it. They see this shadowy figure out there on the water, and they start to get kind of afraid and spooked. Look at that. Do you see what I see? And Peter looks out, and he does see. And he sees, you know, that looks an awful lot like Jesus. And he says, no, really, I think it is Jesus. Jesus, if that's you, call out for me to come and join you. And Jesus does just that. Come on, Peter. Join the party out here. Step onto the water for yourself. Now, Peter has relatively mixed results. He maybe gets a couple steps in, and then, much like me in the Ohio River, he finds himself covered in water. But as I read this story... I think Matthew's addition, this part that doesn't exist in the other two versions of the story, I think it really adds a whole lot, if not changes the meaning of the story in some way. When Mark and John tell the story, it's clear from the miracle of Jesus walking on the water that Jesus must be some kind of superhero. Can you believe how amazing this person is, the Son of God? He can walk on the water. Any of you able to do that? I didn't think so. But when Matthew tells it, it's not about Jesus' superpowers, because there's one that has a very different 
response in this ghost story. Lord, if that's really you, I I want a piece of that action. I I want a piece of what you're doing. I want to be able to do what you're doing. And so indeed, Jesus calls Peter, come on out to the water. And it works for a little bit. And here's where the story gets interesting. As Peter has fallen off the pier in downtown Louisville, Jesus reaches out to him and pulls him back up. Think about that. Maybe the miracle of the story isn't that Jesus can walk on water, but that Jesus can be remarkably, ably present to those who cannot walk on water. That's the rest of us. That even when we are drowning, we don't take consolation in the fact that Jesus wouldn't drown, but that in our drowning, as the waters come in crashing over our heads, that Jesus reaches out to us and says, I have not forgotten you. You see, when Jesus invites Peter to take that first step out of the boat, it's almost like he's inviting us to do the same. Come on out here. Don't be afraid to to follow where I'm going. Jesus is not the one that says, Peter, you idiot, get back in the boat. Don't you know you were going to drown? I bet the other disciples all thought that. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus is the one who responds, you know, things might be a little bit rough out here, and if you falter, don't worry, I've got you. Come on back up and try again. But by the way, if you want to follow me, you've got to be willing to risk taking that first step out of the boat. It's a little too easy to poke fun at Peter. After all, he's not here to defend himself right now. It's easy to make him the scapegoat of the story. Oh, that fool. Why didn't he have enough faith? If he had just had as much faith as I have, there's no way he would have drowned. But then again, didn't offer me a lot of consolation when I was in the Ohio River. Where was my faith in that moment? Maybe it's this very story When Peter is sinking down. Maybe it's that moment. When Jesus gives him the nickname, the rock. The one who sinks, the one who comes down to the bottom of the water. Long before Dwayne Johnson tried to call himself the rock. It was Peter, the one who sank. The anchor who fell to the bottom. But before we're too hard on Peter... I do want to give him a little bit of credit here. There were 11 other people, at least, in the boat. And Peter was the only one who was able to look upon the misty seas and see through the fog that that was Jesus, not a ghost. And Peter was the only one who was willing to take the first step out of the boat. The only one who was willing to leave the safety of his seat, the comfort of the place he was in, and say, you know what? If that's what it takes to follow Jesus, sure, I'll come. Now, true enough, you know, Jesus does seem to kind of reject what Peter's doing. I will admit that. You see the part of the scripture there when Jesus immediately reaches out his hand. And what is it that Jesus says to Peter? You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And I think there's two ways we can read that. One is the way that we almost always do. Peter, you should have had more faith than you did. You wouldn't be drowning right now. But then there's another way that I think about what Jesus says. When Jesus says, you of little faith, I remember the very same Jesus is the same one who tells us that a little faith 
faith the size of a mustard seed is all we need to be able to move mountains. A little faith to Jesus seems to be enough to work with. A little faith is the mark of the one who follows Jesus. A little faith is almost a badge of honor. And so maybe when Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith, Maybe it's no insult. For after all, those of us who look at the heroes of our faith and say, if only I had a big enough faith like them. If only my faith were so big that I never ever doubted, I never worried, I never stopped trusting in God's promises. If I could only be like those people with big faith. It's possible that people like that would have stepped out of the boat and sprinted to the dock and back across the water. I don't know. But what I do know is that of all the people in that boat that day, Peter was the only one of them who went home knowing what it was to be saved by Jesus. Everyone else in the safety of their seat didn't know what that was. But Peter, willing to take that first step, willing to risk his comfort and safety to follow Jesus, Peter knew what it was to fall and to have Jesus say, come on, I got you. Stand back up. We can do this together. It was his little faith that showed him what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. It was his little faith that left enough room for God to be able to work. The question for our own faith isn't what happens in our head. It's not how big our belief in God is. It's how much God believes in us. How much God believes in you. And even in those moments where our faith does not seem enough, that's the moment that Jesus says, I got this. I got you. That's the moment where a little bit of faith might just be the right amount. And so with his little faith, Peter did what no one else was able to do. It was just enough faith for him to be able to walk where Jesus walked. And if we get so caught up in this story about wondering or not whether it really happened, could Jesus really walk on water, or did they just make that up to make him sound cool? If we get so caught up in that question, then we have missed the very fundamental truth. Having all the faith in the world to really be able to walk on the water is nothing compared to the little bit of faith that it takes to hear Jesus calling us and inviting us to follow in his footsteps. That little bit of faith changes everything, and it just takes enough of it, enough of that little faith to help us take the first step out of the boat. Might recall the words of Ernie Campbell I shared a while back. They ring true in this scripture too. If it seems like there's not enough faith in our time, if it seems that most of us lack enough faith in our own time, it's because most of us are not doing anything that requires it. We are living through times where the road ahead, this journey, seems too long. Spread so thin that we convince ourselves we can't really make a difference about any of these awful things happening in the world around us. But as that old proverb says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's that first step out of the boat that it's the hardest. But that first step is the one that we take to lead where Jesus follows. So fear 
not, my friends. Hear those words of Jesus when they, they see the ghost. How is it that Jesus responds, do not be afraid. It's me. Don't be afraid to take that first step out of the boat. Because indeed, we might just be able to do more together than we ever imagined. Amen. Recently, I was able to be around uh, a few folks from uh, the original grief group, as, as we call it. Some of you may know about five years ago, we started offering a, a place and a space for those who were in the midst of grief and loss, a, a, a place to come and, and gather and share their experiences. Well, I was with a, a few folks from that original group and ended up in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with one of them, and, and she made the comment that, I don't know what I would have done these last many years if it weren't for these people, this group. I'm guessing most of you know what it's like to be in that boat, journeying in grief and loss and pain and heartache. And everybody grieves differently, and, and some do find it very helpful uh, to be in a group and receive that support. And the person I was talking to, don't get me wrong, she was one of the ones that uh, was very afraid and very hesitant to get out of the boat and, and join this group. But she is so thankful that she did because in and through it, others embodied uh, the love and, and grace and, and hope of, of Christ, helping her through her time. Indeed, they helped one another through their time. And one of my favorite memories, and I think was most meaningful for them, is a time that we asked them to bring food, their loved one's favorite food. And we shared stories about why that food was so special to their loved one. We gathered around and remembered. And is that not what we do here at this table? We remember shared stories of our life and faith and we receive strength and sustenance, comfort from sharing in this meal and remembering not only loved ones, some long gone, but also remembering the one who continues to love us and give us strength and support and encouragement for the journey. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we gather at your table here today, we do so in the name of Jesus, your Son and our Savior. He came to show us the way to you, 
and we affirm that he is the way, the truth, and the life. As we eat this bread and drink from the cup, we do so remembering his great sacrifice for us. We're so grateful that he took the punishment for our sins and gave us his perfect righteousness in your eyes. As we navigate through the difficulties in our lives, we're trying to keep our eyes on Jesus, knowing that he cares about us and will guide us through the storms. Thank you for sending him and the Holy Spirit to lead us to you, eternal and loving God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We give thanks for the stories and memories of our lives and of our faith. We give thanks for the story that on the night that he was to be betrayed, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it. Said, this is my body given for you as often as you do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup, said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Know that all who are here are welcome to share in this meal. Deacons and elders will come by and serve in front of you. Remember, they're double cups, so make sure you get both. <laughs> all right, let us take, eat, drink, and give thanks at the table of the Lord. Just mm -hmm. 
Amen. We give thanks for the many, many ways that um, folks share their gifts with this congregation. Thanks, Lauren and Dan and Heidi and choir members. Uh, we are blessed by your offerings each and every week. Um, I'm also amazed at the many ways that we continue to live out our vision and mission to worship, grow, and serve. In particular, uh, last week, you may recall that our congregation was asked to uh, help fed with faith with water. And by the afternoon when they went to serve, I think over a thousand bottles of water had been given and ready to go out. I'm also grateful for Mike Puckett and others and their response in helping us uh, respond and help to Afghan refugees who may be coming here. There are so many ways this congregation continues to reach out and offer God's love and hope and peace in this world. And it's this time we are invited to continue to share our tithes and offerings. Amen. We have received the invitation from Trey this morning to continue to take risks in following Christ and living out um, God's love. Uh, and we're also uh, inviting any who have been sailing with us for a while, if you are interested in uh, joining us and making it uh, permanent, maybe it's an ark now, I'm losing all sense of metaphors. What I'm trying to say is we would love to have you join us here at Beargrass. So whether you want to transfer your membership or make a profession of faith for the first time, we invite you to do so as we stand and sing our closing hymn. <laughs> Oh 
as we go out from the, the safety and comfort of this boat where we gather week after week as disciples together. May we go out those doors taking the first step to live more fully and faithfully into who God has invited us to be together. Send you on that journey now with this benediction. May you go forth and live freely and fully, leaving all your worries, your fears, your troubles behind. And take in their place just a little bit of faith and hope and love. For these are the great gifts from Christ to each of you. Amen. Go in peace.